Now, first this afternoon, in a week that saw promises that those behind the arson attacks on premises earmarked for accommodating asylum seekers will be caught and punished and a commitment for more resources to be provided for districts that have taken in most refugees and asylum seekers, the political heat around the question of where to house new arrivals was turned up a notch with a motion unanimously passed by Mayo County Council to cease all cooperation with the Department of Integration. Mayo has taken in approximately 5,000 refugees and asylum seekers to date. I've been speaking to Councillor Peter Flynn. He's a Finnega- he's the Finnegale whip on Mayo County Council and I began by asking him why he, along with two colleagues, including the Fianna Fáil whip on the council, moved this motion. It's been a build-up of frustration, uh, quite frankly. Uh, This is not something that we woke up last Monday morning and decided we'd pass this motion. This is, we've had months of engagement with our local TDs, with ministers, and in fact, we had a a meeting with the Taoiseach himself, you know, expressing our concerns and our frustration at, at the lack of a strategy from the government and it's really the as I describe it quite often is a seat of the pants approach at the I suppose the two biggest pieces that we brought forward as a Fine Gael side of it was in relation to the tourism aspect and relation to the modular homes on the tourism side I mean we've seen a, a loss of 35% of our tourism tourist beds in 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 the Mayo uh, the, in the entire county of Mayo and when you take that volume of, of beds out of it it really is having a very, very significant right. well, uh, impact. Can you give us a tangible example of that? I can give you two very good ones, and this isn't, you know, these are these are not my numbers. These are the official numbers for Copatrick and for for the Clubeg or the Great Western Greenway. Both of those are down fifty percent on pre-COVID numbers. How can you attribute that directly to? the number of people seeking international protection or temporary protection in the case of of, uh, Ukrainian refugees living in hotels in Mayo. Are you factoring in the fact that July was the 2023 was the wettest on record? There's a cost of living situation where people just may not be travelling in the same numbers to locations like Westport, which is a premium offering. No, that's fine. But I mean, the reality is demand is still... Outstri- uh, is is outstripping supply in Mayo. That's that's a fact. I've had so many. I was only talking to the manager of the local golf club uh, this week. They had fifty five societies that come back into into Westport every year. Um, they co- made contact with them. Thirty two of them responded to say they couldn't go to Westport because there wasn't accommodation available. Our great fear column is that when people's businesses start to close, and we're already seeing that when people start losing jobs. The first people that the finger would be pointed at is the are the refugees, which is very unfair. Are you not to a certain extent, sorry to interrupt you, doing something similar yourself in that you're attributing all of the loss of tourist footfall to the numbers of asylum seekers in beds in Mayo? No, I, I would wholly disagree with you. I, I mean, demand has never been stronger for, for, for locations like Mayo. In Westward alone, the estimate is 350 rooms have been taken out of circulation. Real you haven't conducted any research to say what has accounted for the 50% drop-off. You're assuming it's down to the bed occupancy I mean, if you're going to make statements like that, is it not incumbent upon you to do a bit of research, to do a bit of planning, something you're criticising the government for not doing? But didn't I give you a perfect example with the golf course where they, 32 out of the 55 societies responded to say they couldn't come to Westward anymore because there was no accommodation available? OK, there's also a community recognition fund. Money's being provided by central government uh, to areas that are hosting asylum seekers and refugees. Do you know how many projects across Mayo have been granted money from that fund to date? 
I would guess in the region of 30, 40 projects. But again, if you look at them, I mean, and it's fine. We welcome the money. I mean, we, we got a couple of million into your into Mayo. Yeah, I think Mayo got 2.2 million. Westport got a skate park, a leisure centre refurb, installation of amenity facilities at the point, refurbishment works at the key community centre, Christmas lights, anti-graffiti project, outdoor street furniture, uh, restructuring of the fire entrance at the boxing club, provision of flood lighting uh, to a natural turf pitch. It all totals up to €362,807. It's it's not nothing. It's not nothing. But I mean, when you take, you equate that 360000 which was pretty much repair and maintenance of stuff that should have been already done by council. When you compare that 360000 to the loss of 100,000 every weekend in Westward. I mean, look at, there's a stark gap between what the government is putting back into these areas versus what's, what's, what has been lost right. in, in, in income today. The, the motion you brought forward, you're saying you're going to withdraw, you want Mayo County Council to withdraw a cooperation with the Department of Inter- Integration in relation to the placement of refugees and asylum seekers in Mayo. But you also brought a motion before the council to call on the government to pull out of the temporary protection directive that's the, which would mean that Ireland would cease, as a whole, would cease hosting Ukrainians looking for international protection. Yeah, we, we certainly did because we believe it's it's fundamentally flawed. And what we did propose as, as, as part of that motion is that we would bring in other legislation which would allow for modular homes to be built on service land, on land that is ready with the appropriate zoning and land that are and land that has already planning permission for existing planning permission for a house. So to avoid the polarization that is happening, what we're saying is look at rather than just focusing all of this on on, on refugees, the, the the common message you often hear from the far right and all others is oh you don't care about our own and, and you know it's all about refugees. What we're saying as part of this motion is that we would deliver a modular home solutions for both refugees and existing residents of, of Ireland. All right, but I just want to be clear. You want the government to pull out of the temporary protection directive and not host Ukrainians who are fleeing a war that they didn't ask for. The, the emergency legislation we've asked for is in terms of the planning that's allowed at the moment. So you have industrial estates in, in Mayo uh, where units have been utilised for refugees. They are wholly unsuitable. The modular home solution has worked and we, we have no disagreement with it. But what we're saying is we need to extend that to right across the country that people both living here and people coming in here would, would work with. How long would you look for the government to keep out Ukrainian uh, refugees while these modular homes were being built. Nobody has ever for one minute suggested that refugees could not come into Mayo or come into the country. But we've always asked that the strategy go alongside it, that we would do it in a planned way and not the seat of the pants approach that has happened over the last two years. How would you influence that strategy if you've stopped talking to them? As local reps, we haven't sp- stopped talking to anybody. We're still talking to our TDs, our ministers and our Taoiseach. But I just want to get your reaction to, you, you said you've been dealing with uh, TDs and indeed uh, government as well. The Taoiseach's reaction to the motion that was passed was that, you? and this is a quote, you can't have an a la carte relationship with government departments, you can't refuse to cooperate with some when you're asked to do something and then apply for funding from others. That's not a tenable position. What's yep. your reaction? And I, I, I was very disappointed with, with the, the Taoiseach's comments. I thought they were very immature and irresponsible, to be honest with you. Creating divides between local councillor and the government 
is not helpful. I mean, ultimately, if the government decide to pull uh, grants funding for Mayo, it's it's the 137,000 people, including refugees, who are going to feel the impact. That isn't a sensible solution. And, and threatening that, that, that type of thing That's how you read helpful. it, do you? You read the Taoiseach's comments as a threat. That's exactly how, how I've read it. So I would hope we don't go down that road because ultimately, as I say, it's the 137,000 people that are living in Mayo that, that are feeling the impact of those choices. And that was Finnegale Councillor and indeed Finnegale Whip on Mayo County Council, Peter Flynn, speaking to me there. Now, let me introduce you to our political panel here in studio this week. There, Jack Chambers, Minister of State at the Department of Transport and Fianna Fáil TD for Dublin West, Kathleen Funchen, Sinn Fein TD for Carlo Kilkenny, and spokesperson on children, equality, and disability, and Duncan Smith, Labour TD for Dublin Fingal, and spokesperson on health, disability, transport, and communications. Good afternoon to you all. Thanks for joining me in studio. Uh, Minister of State, Jack Chambers, what did you make? by the move by Mayo County Council to cease cooperation with the Department of Integration? Well, look, I, I don't agree with what they did and I think um, it, no no council can have a veto um, on the wider responsibility we have to uh, provide a response to the big numbers that are have arrived and are continuing to arrive and we need to work with councils um, in around mutual cooperation uh, so that that we can accommodate those that are coming, but also provide support to communities um, that have taken a burden of, of refugees. And I've been in Mayo on a m- number of occasions myself, and what strikes me is actually when you when you visit the hotels and the restaurants and the bars, in fact, it's many of the migrants uh, that we're kind of speaking about generally that are working in many of the businesses that are in the west of Ireland, uh, particularly in Westport, for example. I can recall specifically meeting people who've come from Ukraine who have actually taken up jobs um, that, that where jobs were were, were offered and, re- and required because there were shortages of labour in certain businesses. Sure, so we, we need to remember uh, that... Uh, but specifically, know, those those uh, refugees have to have to live somewhere. Some people have made offers under the Offer the Home scheme. But what Councillor Flynn is saying there is that there is a zero-sum game between accommodating people in hotel rooms and tourism revenue coming in to Westport, which he says is the lifeblood of the town. Well, I think you put fair questions uh, to the councillor and there's there's multiple factors of why tourism may vary and fluctuate um, in any local economy. And that's uh, there's, there's, a, there's various factors around that. There's strong levels of employment in the west of Ireland and many businesses successfully operating in Westport from a tourism perspective as well. And many people who've come in the last year or two to the likes of Westport who from Ukraine and elsewhere that are working in those businesses. Um, so we need to have uh, a fair-minded approach on this. Um, we need but to... But the, the councillors wouldn't have voted for this unless people were telling them this. There was unanimity on the council about this, in, in other words, including members of your own party. And the unanimity is that effectively... They want the door shut to any further arrivals. They don't want them accommodated in industrial estates because they say that's unsafe. They don't want them accommodated in hotel rooms because they say that's hitting the tourism industry. The only place they want them accommodated is in modular homes and they don't even want all of those modular homes to be used for them. They want that as part of the local housing solution. We, cannot, what do you say we cannot have ultimatums and absolutism from local councils when it comes to managing what is a complex issue in Ireland and elsewhere. There are 
are concerns being articulated um, by genuine people uh, in local communities that we do need to engage with and we do need to strengthen our communications with local communities. And that's why the Taoiseach's initiative earlier on this week uh, on actually providing a special support package for communities is about giving a positive uplift and intervention right, from well, the well state. Well, you heard Councillor Flynn's reaction to that. He met Westport got over 320,000 euros. But it's about doing more than that. We want, we want to do bread no, is soon forgotten. We want to do an awful lot more than that. So it's, it's about strengthening the Community Recognition Fund so that we provide a strengthened level of intervention within communities that have taken a significant number of refugees and, and many of communities have. That's why we want to strengthen the response in health, in education, in community and policing so that communities um, see a much greater level of state could response. You see, could you see how that might also be counterproductive? Because communities hosting refugees, if they get extra GPs, if they get extra dentists, if they get extra police, will be pointed to by people and say, look, they're giving extra police, extra doctors to the refugees, they're not giving them to the rest of us. No, well, we have to look at if there are, if there's been a significant increase in a population in a rural area, I think we have an obligation as a state to provide an additional response around that, right. whether it's in healthcare or in education or in policing uh, or in the wider provision of community services. And I think that's a, a, a proper response okay. uh, I, and it's the state being proactive I just want to, to, man, to manage that, but also to address concerns that might be articulated. We need to separate the uh, local concerns in, lo in local areas from a very concerning uh, cohort who are following the next accommodation centre, who are trying to um, sow division and break social cohesion in our country I, I, uh, and, and, are, and are a very worrying small number of people that are that are causing very serious issues uh, and uh, trying to mop up hate and division and they need to be uh, called out. Um, uh, and but making potentially lucrative online careers for themselves out of it as well. But I just want to get uh, I just want to, to get your reaction to how uh, Councillor Flynn characterised there the Taoiseach's reaction saying it's inconsistent to look for grants off five other departments and refuse to deal with another one. He saw that as a direct threat, as conditionality between grants from other government departments and cooperation with the Department of Integration. Well, How do you see it? No, the government the government coordinates uh, the wider response around integration and migration, and that means it's a whole of our it's it's a, all of our country is required to be involved in the management of that. Right, no but, council but, but can have a veto on 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 that wider management, and uh, and that's why government will be continuing to work with all local councils uh, as part of the integration process. Could you could and, you envisage a situation whereby a council passing a motion like this would affect grant applications? Well, we will be we'll be continuing to work with Mayo County Council and with all other councils to ensure that they where where there's possibilities for additional accommodation that that will that will be progressed and complementing that additional supports in uh, for communities that have taken a significant burden of refugees. Right, but whether whether are, are grants sought in other areas, say like Reach or other local local funds, would they be? Would they be affected by a council passing a motion well, like no this? Council, no council will bind the government on our wider national and international obligations on responding to the, the issues that are there. Uh, and that's why uh, we want to develop a special support package um, to support communities that have taken a burden uh, 
over the last two years and we, we acknowledge that and that's why we're going to try and respond back to but, communities but that maybe are taking You don't want concerns. to state definitively whether, whether a council's position the ca- a council on, on this will affect other grants that, that, the count, that, that may but have no been applied council, for. No council can veto uh, the national uh, policy around around uh, in terms of our wider accommodation response. Okay, Kathleen Funchen, uh, you have a, a party colleague who's on Mayo County Council. Uh, he, he wasn't at that meeting. It was um, passed unanimously. I think he said had he been at it he would have voted against it. But I mean there are other Sinn Féin local reps who have voiced concerns about uh, the uh, location of asylum seekers and, and, and refugees around the country. What would you say to them in terms of motions like this coming before the councils of which they are members? Well, I wouldn't um, encourage anyone to support a motion like this. I think first of all the motion with all due respect to the councillors in Mayo it's totally pointless. Um, I don't really think it has any uh, standing and I think it's very disingenuous as well. I don't think it's like the department are going to say, all right, we can't now deal with and talk with Mayo County Council. So I think it's just, it's a red herring in the in the wider scheme of things. You think it's just bluster, do you? Yeah, and I think also it's, you know, it's coming a few months before a local election as well, I would say that. Um, I think though that the government... But that would suggest there are votes in it, in this stance. Well, it would suggest that some people think that there is, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think that there, there's a few things. There's, I, I just, I feel strongly that the motion was, was very disingenuous um, when I heard about it. And I think all it does is create division. I don't think it is any real stand-in. Um, and I think the people burning it know that. But the wider issue is the fact that we still have absolutely no coherent plan. And I feel like genuinely I say the same thing every time this issue comes up on any uh, media debate because it's the same answer. We still, you know, we're nearly two years into the war in Ukraine. There's still no real cohesive plan. Governments say there's an all-of-government approach. We don't see that in terms of people actually planning where is suitable accommodation? Can we move away from you know what we're currently seeing which is some people making very big money very serious money Okay well opposition uh, have equally had two years to come up with an alternative plan and a recommendation to government so what's yeah, Sinn Féin's plan? I would plan? say that we need to have uh, someone from each relevant department like housing education health genuinely working together in a, in, a, in a group looking to see where we can source accommodation. They, there still was offers of accommodation both privately um, in terms of housing as in like people who had pledged let's say rooms and then wider uh, accommodation that is buildings that are, are no longer in use that was never followed up. Some in very good locations, some in my own constituency um, where there wasn't any difficulties or any issues and that wasn't followed up. So definitely there is something, you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. That's the feeling that, that, that we get when we talk about this. And I think it's because there's too much in that department. There's too much under the one minister. We need to see that group. But I also think we need to start changing the narrative when we do talk about this. Like the minister has said in relation to people working in the hospitality industry, our health service is so reliant on people who are here from other countries. My own dad had a stroke before Christmas, so we had reason to be in and out of the hospital on a regular basis for the whole month of December. And you see firsthand the amount of people that are not from Ireland working there. And th- that's why, right. just, just make this one final point, that's why we need to have a fair system that is actually financed and, and resourced a lot better so that people can move through the system faster in terms of, you know, not waiting for years and years to see can they get status, can they work here. We have a skills shortage and we have a huge amount of people coming to the country. Let's match those two things up and see can we get people who actually do want okay. to genuinely uh, work here, you know, into the employments that we're crying 
out for people. Okay, there is a difference though, isn't there, Duncan Smith, between people who have migrated here to work in the likes of, of the health service. Many of those would not be living in hotels. So in terms of the emergency accommodation options, how does Labour suggest that the government would get away from a situation where people in areas that are reliant on tourism feel there's a zero-sum game between the accommodation of refugees uh, and the the, in, in the economic uh, lifeline that their community depends on? Well, look, since summer 2021 or late spring 2021, we've been calling for a dedicated minister of cabinet uh, on the issue of uh, migration ever since the uh, impact of the war in Ukraine has had in terms of people moving across Europe and into our country. Um, that we, we have a crisis in terms of... Um, enterprise and jobs uh, and getting uh, permissions to work through. We have a crisis in accommodation. Uh, we, we know all that uh, and, and none of those departments are talking that we, we see effectively with the Department of Integration and the Minister and that department have been essentially isolated and sidelined trying to deal with this issue and we know that they're operating in an emergency uh, basis just trying to find accommodation. That is not a system and it's, it's not working. However, to go back to the signal that that motion in Mayo gives out to the rest of the country five months out from a local election I think is is quite worrying and, and is quite concerning. Uh, it is not a practical motion. It's it, it, If we see copycat motions like this, uh, the darkness that I feel is coming through in certain elements in this country in terms of this issue I think is only going right, to increase. It should also be said that Galway uh, County Councillors passed a motion before Christmas saying asylum seekers should be able to seek asylum quote without harassment or fear. So there are other councils that pass different kinds of motions. Abs- absolutely. Uh, yeah. But this Mayo one has got an awful lot of uh, um, coverage. Uh, we're talking about it here today. Uh, we're now to 2024. We're in an, uh, an election year and I know from being on the doors that this issue is coming up an awful lot and we as leaders in our local community, as county councillors and potential county councillors and city councillors in their local community there's a responsibility to cut through the disinformation that is being put out there to cut through this uh, and take on the sinister elements in society that are trying to appropriate this issue for their own ends. And that's that's a reality that uh, is going to require real leadership, not impractical, silly motions that we've seen in Mayo, uh, which just won't work. Uh, and uh, like, <laughs> There's no problem that can be solved by boycotting any kind of department and trying to take the challenges on that we face. And I've been on the ground trying to face these challenges that come uh, in terms of trying to get people to doctor's appointments and dentist appointments and into schools. None of them can come by boycotting any state agency but at the or same department. T- at the same time, Jack Chambers, there was a story in, in, in the Daily Mail today revisiting the town of Balahadreen. They were uh, a, a best case example of people being welcomed into the town. And But the, there are people within the town, including the school principal and others who feel that the resources that were promised and the resources that are needed with not were not delivered. Now, if a case study is wanted to show people that towns can manage this, surely they should be afforded all the help that's possible. So when are the top 10 districts going to be uh, identified? When are they going to get their funding? And when are the six reception centres to help process claims that don't take up hotel beds going to be built? Yeah, so on the on the special support package, the Taoiseach has given uh, essentially a couple, two weeks to ministers to put that together and to identify the gaps in those 10 electoral areas um, in health, in community, in education, in in housing and in, from a justice perspective as well. Um, and I w- what I would say is that there has been, um, there, we do have a cabinet subcommittee specifically uh, 
discussing and working on this as a whole of government approach very regularly. The Department of Education, for example, has um, provided enormous support to many people, who many children who've arrived here under Minister Foley. We've seen the Community Recognition Fund coordinated by Minister Humphreys. Um, but we need to look at, if you've referenced Balladrine, I didn't see the specific article. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's school facilities. So there was, yeah. in, in, in the accommodation what, that people were, were being accommodated in, mm. there were people to provide transitional education facilities before they entered yeah, the local and, and primary schools. That was taken away and they entered the school system quickly, so where, which where, puts pressure on. Where gaps are being, have been identified, that's why this has been addressed um, by government and why we are developing a, a special support package um, that will be implemented quickly because we, we, we need to support communities that have taken a significant burden have and have a significant increase in their populations and that's why we have to provide much bigger levels of state intervention so that services are provided and communities uh, concerns are assuaged in the context of, of the, the concerns that they're articulating. All right. Um, Duncan Smith, are you encouraged by the fact that a, a subcommittee is working on this? Uh, just on that there doesn't seem to be evidence of that coming through. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. Uh, and, and we all know from being on the corridors of Leinster House that everyone feels that the Minister of Integration has been marginalised and put out there to deal with this uh, on, on his own. Uh, again, dealing with the challenges that are presented with migration would have an awful lot of positive benefits for every single community if we get this right. Uh, is is difficult, but it can only be done by interagency communication. All right, Kathleen Function. Yeah, I, I would agree. If I'm not sure if that's a new subcommittee. No, it is. We have a cabinet subcommittee on, on Ukraine, one, then, on Ukraine, that and that, that manages. But no, I mean, it, it, like we, have to, we, have, we have to give a context to this. We've had a 177 percent increase in arrivals since 2019 around international protection, and we've had 100,000 people arrive from Ukraine. I know, in but terms you, of you projected 200,000. Your colleague Charlie McConnell said 200,000 would arrive in, last March. I, I You're talking about I a think, subcommittee that two members of the opposition well, seem the, the to opposition have. Never give credence to any committee that works in government. No, it's the issue about the clarity say, about its have, work no, and its have, existence. I, I, I don't accept. Could that. the we communication have, improve have, as to what we, is being done? Then there's there's a number of areas that could improve, and we, we're always trying to improve our response. Uh, for communities to deliver uh, the le- uh, better levels of service and, and that's what we're working on and the th- that the Taoiseach has set fair, out. You were interrupted fair, there, when, um, when the war, let's say, happened in Ukraine, I think everyone in the opposition was rowing in and saying, obviously, emergency response, nobody foresaw this. And as time went on, it was people were saying, well, what's the plan here? Because there's a difference between dealing with something in a crisis and then when you know people are going to be coming into the country, what is our plan? And just, just that is the reality. And often, you know, we even be contacted by, you know, local authorities and if people are being moved from accommodation, because that sometimes happens as well. And, and maybe people have established jobs and in school and nobody seems to know that they're going to be moved. So I don't see evidence of that work and okay. I'd love if it worked because well, I you think were asked, it you were asked, Kathleen, you were asked, you had him by, by Colin, what's, what's your would, plan? And you said you need ministers working together. We have a structure of doing that. I'm saying and Sinn Féin, right. Sinn Féin's response, response on everything is where, the where is the plan? Right, okay, and we have, no, we have no Sinn Féin one, plan one, or constructive proposal than One voice at a time. The next voice is going to be my voice because I want to tell you what's coming up. After the break, we got information from the HSE to say there are 13 children in hospital today beyond medical need. In other words, there uh, is no appropriate setting to send them on to so they're in hospitals until one can be found. And also, we've seen correspondence under Freedom of Information that really reveals budgetary tension between TUSLA and the HSC over meeting the needs of children with complex needs. We'll hear more on that after this.